Hi, and welcome back to the HSP Connection with me, Philippa Robinson. And me, Robbie Lee. This is where we share our stories, insights, and strategies to help fellow highly sensitive people navigate their own path to living a fulfilling and meaningful life. Yeah, we're on a mission to reclaim the word sensitivity and help the world see the strength in sensitivity. So, what are we talking about today, Robbie? Today, Philippa, we are following up on a topic that we mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, you and I recorded a topic about HSPs and career, like what are the best careers for HSPs? And in that talk, we said we were going to record an episode for employers of HSPs. And so that's who we want to talk to today, like how to be a good boss to an HSP. Yeah, I love this. Um, and I hope actually that by the end, um, because, you know, to be honest, we're not quite sure what we're going to say for the whole of this episode. We know a couple, a couple of things we're going to say. And in our yeah. usual style, we're going to see what comes up. But yeah. I hope um, for anyone listening who wants something to either give them language to use or the um, impetus, that's not the right word, but that's the only word I can think of, to actually go and speak to their boss or even a little snippet of the podcast to play to their boss. Um, I'm hoping we are going to give you what you need. And that's certainly what we're going to try and do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, the sort of thing that I wish I'd had, albeit I didn't know I was an HSP when I was doing my work. So yeah, what are we, what what do you want to start with? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, honestly, uh, is that I want to say highly sensitive people actually make incredible employees. So it, some of the things we're going to talk about may be things that you have to shift a little bit um, as an employer. They might be environmental things that you can change a little bit. But I want to start off by saying it's really worth it because HSPs are very hard workers. They do deep work. Um, they are very detail-oriented, and they notice what is going on with the people. So they can be a huge, huge asset to um, a workplace. But what can happen is if the environment isn't set up well, then you're going to lose out on what they're able to bring. And there some things really are some can be some smaller shifts. You know, one of the things I mentioned is environment. And Philippa and I have both talked about um, some changes that can happen in a workplace. I know in one of my workplaces, they allowed people to bring in their own lighting and to turn off the fluorescent lighting if it was like right up above their cubicle. Fluorescent lighting, and let me just say, we as highly sensitive people talk about this, but we're not the only ones affected by this. Like, you know, Lots of neurodivergent people also have similar um, challenges with environmental settings. And also, non-neurodivergent people, there's just so many people who hate fluorescent lighting is what I'm going to say. Like, it's just, it doesn't work well for us. And so, if there are ways that you can uh, use more natural lighting, if you can allow people, you know, like I said, I brought in my own lighting and we had people that would cover up their fluorescent lighting with a certain color of paper that helped them, or they took out a bulb that was right directly above their desk. So that's just one quick environmental thing that that I wanted to start with. It's popping off the top of my head. 
Yeah, I love that. And it, it's just being open, I think, as an employer to the idea that something as simple as, well, I say simple, as in really important as lighting, but a, a change in that lighting could make a world of difference. Yeah. It it really could. So if somebody comes and asks you, is there anything we can do about this lighting? Please take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for saying it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you mentioned all the great, you know, at the, be- at the beginning, all the great um, uh, traits of HSPs at work, you know, and, you know, we're really conscientious and we want to do yes. a good job and we are great team players, like Robbie said. We're also really good leaders because mm. we're kind, we're emp- empathetic, as well as being conscientious and wanting to get the job done. Mm. So, you know, I mean, we would say this because we both left our, our careers because um, we weren't being provided for well. Um, so I suppose we're going to say this, but please do take it seriously that if you can help HSPs feel their best at work, you will have loyal, great employees who who will repay you more than you, you can imagine. It's so true, 100%. You know, and as you were talking just then, something I didn't mention earlier, but it's occurred to me again, it's nothing HSPs are great at is creative problem solving. Yes. But we're not great at that if our systems are all out of whack. So if we're having to to deal with um, a nervous system that is not happy, it's hard to be creative. And that's true for any human. Right? It, it is. It is. And I would, you're absolutely right, because a lot of what we are talking about with HSPs when it comes to environment, in fact, a lot of things we're talking about, about HSPs full stop, is about nervous system regulation. And we have a heightened um, nervous system. So we are more easily um, triggered. Our nervous system is more easily triggered into, you know, fight, flight, freeze, and, and just not working well now yes okay that's us as hsps but there are lots of other people who will be in your um you know in your organization who are also uh high who also have a uh highly reactive nervous system maybe because they've experienced a lot of trauma maybe for all manner of reasons they might not be hsp but they are also going to benefit from a calmer nicer more peaceful less triggering work environment so there are lots of reasons for hsps for non hsps for neurodivergent folk for non neurodivergent folk just just do things that make the work environment nicer for people I mean, yes <laughs> i'm making that sound really simple I, I mean to me it seems that simple i know in the uk i don't know what it's like in the us you could tell us in the uk we have all these regulations around electrical appliances that uh, if you you're not allowed to bring in your own uh, electrical appliances mm. from home because they have to be pat tested well let people bring them in and bloom, pat test them for goodness sake or buy them Buy them a nice over a nice light that'll be good for them. Buy them whatever it is they need and get it pack tested. It's not that much money mm-hmm. when you think about having to replace an employee. A hundred percent. Do you have those regulations in the US? 
I don't think it's quite exactly the same, but I would say each building is a little different. They have their own codes. And in plenty of buildings, they would say, no, you're not allowed to bring your own things. It's a fire hazard. But you said the exact thing I was thinking, which is, well, as an employer, then provide, provide Mm -hmm. this lighting that you, that is safe for the workspace that, you know, it, Having the right lighting actually for every human, it helps um, minimize the strain on the eye. So you think about eye strain and headaches, and it also changes the environment and what it feels like. Fluorescent lighting, and this is something that as highly sensitive people, we pick up on that. Like we're more consciously aware of it, but every human has some kind of response to it anyway. Like as human beings... We don't go into a fluorescent lit space and go, oh, this feels good. You know, <laughs> we just don't. We just don't. So it, it it's, it's one of those things. It's a small investment to get a more quality work out of your people because they're having a more quality experience of being at work. You know, it's Look worth it. it. Absolutely. It, it really is. And, yeah. you know, I, I think... I think there can be some, I mean, I'm thinking back to some places I've worked, but it's like, oh gosh, do we have, do we have to do that? And oh, aren't they so namby-pamby or whatever? Look, you know, do you want to keep your workforce happy or not? I mean, if you don't, if you don't and you don't care, then don't listen to this podcast and don't do anything for your employees and don't be surprised when you have a high turnover of staff. But if you are caring and kind um and want to do right by your employees then you know that is something that is really quite straightforward and simple to do absolutely you know another thing i want to talk about environment before we move on to other things cuz not there are things besides environment but environment plays a big piece and one of the things is just because as highly sensitive people we're taking in so much information all the time open spaces open floor plan environments, which most offices have gone to in the U.S. and U.K. as well. Yeah. Yeah. In big offices, yeah. They're not great. (laughs) They're not great for us. They're not great for introverts. They're not great for neurodivergent folks. Like, it's just, then there's been more studies now. It's just like, this actually isn't great for people. It, see, they're... There is a small benefit in the proximity of people and doing teamwork. And, you know, that's what was touted. But actually, what's better is for allowing people to have quiet spaces and spaces where they can do the work they need to do and then have places where they can have that team interaction in more like a... um, um, like a, a not, I'm losing the word I was trying to say, a less formal space where they can have those kind of fly-by interaction spaces mm-hmm. or intentional spaces where they can, okay, we're going to come together here as a team. So it's important to have spaces, yes, where your team can team, <laughs> but also for the human brain, if you want us to be able to concentrate for most folks, having that less stimulus a quiet place to go. So if you can't give everybody an office, which most places don't do anymore, that's unheard of, can you have offices designated where people can go and just take some quiet, do some quiet work in there where they can check out that space, you know, for a time? Will you allow people to work from home where they can control their own environment and make it work well for them and they're still able to be productive for you? You know, what are the ways that you can make the space 
less um, chaotic for mm. folks that are needing it to be less chaotic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, in a big open plan office where there's phones going, people are walking around, people are chatting, um, you know, it's a lot, isn't it? And uh, what was going through my mind when you were talking is also, can they, is it possible to normalise the use of headphones or Mm, cancelling headphones? I know when I used to work in a big open plan office, nobody ever used to use um, noise cancelling headphones. I do, we, we did have headsets for uh, on when we were on the phone and I think some people used to keep their headset on even when they weren't on the phone mm-hmm. um they weren't they weren't brilliant but you, you know can can it be normalized can it be modeled by you know people higher up that this is okay and you know we all need a bit of peace and quiet if that's the best you can do you know is that possible because yeah. at least it shows you're trying it's a really good point. It's a really good point that if you can't reconfigure the space in any way, normalizing the headphones, absolutely. It's yeah. a, it's a step, you it know. Is. It is. Um, yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say about noise? Well, just that it can contribute to people having to like switch their brain like as if your brain, you know, you're working on something and you hear something else and your brain gets engaged in that, it takes you away from the thing you're focusing on, then you've got to take more time to get back into it. So it, it's like people are less productive, not just HSPs. <laughs> a lot of people are less productive. So if you're even looking at this purely from a productivity standpoint, it's not great. It's not a great environment for productivity. No. And also, we hope you're looking at it from a humanity point of view as well. Please, yes, please. Absolutely. You have people that work for you, not robots. They're people. Yeah. They're Human whole humans. Beings, exactly. Yes. Um, the other thing that um, occurs to me is air conditioning. And oh. air conditioning can be noisy. Air conditioning can really dry the air out. Air conditioning can is not always our friend. Um, there's often nothing you can do about it. I know I've worked in an office where the air conditioning in the summer and the heating in the winter was all controlled from the same place. It was all rubbish. It was either too hot or too cold. There's not always something you can do about that. Um, but if there is something you can do, then, then do it, (laughs) um, make it, make it possible that different zones can be different temperatures, allow people to move if there are some colder zones or warmer zones, allow allow people to move around if that's what's needed. Yeah. Um, I used to work in an office where the air conditioning was really rubbish and they still wouldn't let us open the windows, even though the windows opened. And it was like, oh, you know? And then I moved to an office that did have windows that opened. There was no air con, but the windows opened and that was so much nicer. Mm-hmm. There's something about real air that is lovely. Now, air conditioning is also really needed in some spaces. So yes, we're not de- we're not denying that at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it can be really hard if it's if people don't have any control on the temperature of the building or if they're sitting under a vent, that can be really challenging for folks. I love what you said about allowing them to move, just yeah. allowing them to move. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're not saying do we're not, you know, we're realistic. You might not be able to do all of these things, but yeah. it's kind of actually just bear in mind by the time we've got to the end of these things we're talking about, 
some HSPs are dealing with all of these things every day. And that makes every day much tougher than for people who are either not HSP or who are not as bothered by these things. So just think of all the energy that your HSP staff are having to expend just dealing with all these things every day. Please. Um, Before we, we, the other thing that um, along with air conditioning is also things like printers. So, you know, if people have got printers on their desks next to them, those printers are chucking out particles into the air all the time. I had a friend once who was really ill and had no idea that the reason she was really ill was because of what was coming out of the printer. And um, she she stopped that job, went somewhere else and got a lot better. And she had no idea. I mean, it was churning stuff out all day because she was next to the team's printer. So it wasn't just the stuff she was printing, but that made a massive difference. So she was quite susceptible to that. I sat opposite her and I was okay. But it, it definitely was that. Her chest got so much better the minute that that was moved. So please bear that in mind as well. Wow. Incredible. I mean, and I know like in the US, they've done studies on like indoor air and how in a closed system, so like you talked about windows, like a closed system where you're not opening windows and it's just like this recycled air, either air conditioning, heater, it can, the air pollution inside of there can be horrible. And so it's just something to keep in mind, like, can you, you know, once a month, <laughs> get the windows open or even more often would be amazing. But like, are there ways, are there ways that you're checking on that? Can you pay attention? It's just. It's quite basic, isn't it, really? Moment. The quality Pardon? of air that you, it's quite basic, really, isn't it? Yes. The quality of air that your staff are breathing. Yeah. If you think about, and, you know, wanting to reduce illness. Yeah. Right. Let's make sure people are getting good air to breathe. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Is there anything else you would talk about when it comes to environment? I think those are the, those are the big things that came to me. I mean, was there anything else for you on environment? No, I think the only other thing that I was thinking about is sort of, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a problem, but, you know, the whole, like, I don't know whether hot desking is still a thing, but certainly when I worked in an office, we all had our own individual, you know, space and we could make that, we had a little bit of freedom. We could put up pictures of our families if we want. And I think that's really nice for anybody to personalize that, their own space. Um, I, I know some offices, some organizations let people do that no problem some really clamp down on what they can and can't do um but it might be something that makes all the difference to somebody not necessarily an hsp but being able to personalize their workspace a little bit have a plant maybe um you know have pictures of their loved ones might make a huge difference to how comfortable they feel at work to how um well they can perform I think you bring up such a great point, um, 100%. And if you if you think about, again, like these are humans, right? And mm. the amount of time that they're spending in this space. So if it's just this gray box, which mm. cubicles can be, right? With fluorescent lighting, like that, it takes a toll. Yeah. But if you can be in that space and add some things 
It can be little things. It could be pictures of loved ones, but allow, yeah, allow your people to make the space feel better or allow them to work from home <laughs> where they, can, they have ultimate control over their space. Yes. You know, it, it, it absolutely makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that works for people who have a nice, quiet space to work at at home. I, I, you know, and I completely Fair agree enough. with you about the working at home and also just want to acknowledge that not everybody has that. Not everybody wants to work from home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but, And to your point, then options for people. Yes. <laughs> like as adults, right, giving them the option, like as much power as you can give them over their own selves. Like, yes, you have a work product that needs to be done. Totally get that. But do you need to micromanage the way that that is happening, right? Or do you just care about the work product? Well, yeah, exactly. That's a very good question, Robbie. It really is. Hi, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, have you thought about joining our HSP Connection community for more connection with other HSPs? Because really, us HSPs thrive in the community of others. Absolutely. And Philip and I have created this space on an online platform where we can connect with each other deeply. We're going to have these awesome conversations and we would love to get to know you over there in that space. We would. So if you're interested and want to join straight away, there's a link in the show notes. And if you'd like to have a chat with either of us beforehand, please reach out. Now back to the episode. Anything else you were thinking of? Not around environment, but I have some other things. Okay. Let's move away from environment. <laughs> so what, one of the other things I was thinking about is, is type of work. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is one of the things that highly sensitive people are really great at is deep work. Like we're great at really going deep into something. We're great at seeing the connections across things. And that, and we're great at seeing the details and really pointing things out. And all of that work takes like some amount of uninterrupted time, <laughs> like t- time to really dig into those spaces. And, you know, I've been in work environments where it was literally, you're just, your whole day was meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And then after the work, day, you somehow had to get all the work done that the meetings gave you, but you were in meetings all day. And it's just like, like that, that transferring of a a focus can be really challenging. And I, I see it in a lot of workplaces. And it's like, so can we structure it where, for example, I had a team I worked with and they decided for the first three hours of the day, there was no meetings. It was just like blocked out for everybody on the team so that they would have some focused work time. I saw another team where it was just like no meeting Wednesdays or no meeting Fridays. So certain days, right? If you can't totally get rid of meetings, which I I get, but can you, can you really think about what is the purpose of this meeting? And, and is this help? Is this super helpful? Can we get this information another way? Or is talking the best way to do it? But also giving people permission to like block out their calendar for periods of working time. It's just like, I'm not going to be available for meetings now because I really need to dig into this project. And if I can have this focused time, 
I could knock it out. But if I keep getting interrupted and I have to keep coming back to it, it's like you've got to start all over again. It's like, where was I? And what was my train of thought on that again? And it can be, it can make the work take longer and it be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I really agree with that. And that's not really an HSP thing. That's about the, the nature of the work that each, uh, uh, you know, each individual is doing. And, you know, are you, are you aware of the actual detailed work that each individual is, is doing and how, and how they do it? You know, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether this is why I was good at, uh, as a lawyer or whether being a lawyer has made me good at this, but I'm quite good at firefighting. I'm quite good at, right, I'll do a bit here, a bit there, a bit there and keep them all going and a bit like juggling. I mean, I say I was good at it. I mean, I burned out several times so I could do it. Um, yes. But I, I still needed time. I did still need concentrated time to write reports, to to look at contracts in great detail. Um, so, you know, I think I do think it's employer. If employers want good work out of their people, of course they do. I mean, their businesses at the end of the day. But also, yeah. how much how much attention are they paying to the work that those people are expected to do? And um, how they best work. Yes. I mean, this is not just an HSP question. This is right. real, in, in, you know, what real how work works question, right. isn't it? And, and working out for the individual how, how it could work best. What is possible for that individual rather than expecting everybody to work in the same way, which quite possibly doesn't work for anybody. It's so true. It mm. it doesn't work well for many people, that's for sure. At least not in my experience as an HR professional. I mean, I've seen a yeah. lot of different environments and people have similar challenges in them. And it's yeah. it's more heightened. A lot of these are more heightened for HSVs, but we're not alone in feeling this way, for sure. No. I think, as you've said so many times, Robbie, we're the canaries in the in the coal mine. So when the HSPs are saying mm, this doesn't work, it's only a matter of time before others are saying it doesn't work. That's exactly right. And we're not really we're not trying to be all doom and gloom. We're not trying to say that all work environments are rubbish because I am sure there are employers out there who care, who are trying to do their best. And if anybody listening has got an employer like that, if any of you are an employer like that. We would love to hear from you, actually. Yes. What do you do? Um, what can you provide? What are you willing to consider for your staff? I would love to hear that. Me too. Yeah. I really would too. Sorry, that was just a little segue. It just came I to me. I love that. Yeah. You know, the thing I was thinking about when we were talking is, we'll see where this goes, but this is how it popped in my head. What employers value mm. and here's what I mean by that you know you've shared before about how in one of your law firms you were given like the the hard clients that nobody wanted to deal with because you were so great at dealing with people like it was one of your really skill high skill sets but then you you were given all that work, but almost then not credit. It's like it didn't count because they still wanted to do to do this other work over here. And that's what I mean by what employers value. I had I've, I had a similar experience where I 
in some of my settings, I became the person that people would speak up to and talk to about what their boss had been doing, like things that their boss shouldn't have been saying and doing that they hadn't told an HR person for the last 10 years. They told me and we were able to make changes because of that. But then that's not something that my employer was like, that's amazing. You keep doing your work that allows Mm -hmm. you to create those relationships with people, right? That at the end of the day, that wasn't a metric. That wasn't what was valued. And so I guess I just wanted, I want to maybe put that as food for thought for managers. I get metrics. I do. I get that we're all going towards something. I think what often gets missed though, are all the things that have to happen for that outcome. What's often seen as is the final result and who did that one thing, but then they didn't do that alone. And there was, there's all, there's all the support stuff. And I'm not saying that HSPs are just support staff. I don't mean it that way either. Oh, I'm hoping this is going to come out in a way that makes some kind of sense. Oh, I think it really is making sense. And you're really reminding me of another job that I had where, you know, I did have a particular role. But as I was carrying out that role, I would always check in with people and how are they doing? And I would make sure I was explaining why we were doing certain things. And I was sort of building that safe, trusted environment. And people would come to me when things I don't know when they just needed to get things off their chest or yes. when um, I need to sort this out. Have you got any idea how I can start? What can I do? You know, that sort of sounding board. And again, my employer did not value that one little bit. Yes. And they, did, they, they, they didn't see, they didn't see that I was doing it. And when I pointed out to them that I was doing it, they didn't see how ne- it, that it was necessary. And you know what? Yes. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm, I wanted to be that role and I was making it out to be necessary. But actually, I did have some feedback after I had left that role that it really wasn't the same without me there. And they wish I was still there. Um, yes. So, I, you know, I, I've never been an employer of a big organization. I don't know what that is like. Um, and I know that we can't go on. The world of work cannot go on with the amount of, I was going to say disrespect, with the lack of respect that there is for employees, their individuality, their needs, and actually it being important that they have a good day. Mm. Oh. Yes. Yes. No No wonder the world, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily, I mean, if we had a good day at work, wouldn't we be going home and being kinder to the people that we meet on the way home, the, the, the drivers on the road, our family when we get home, yeah. um, other people that we meet? But I mean, yes, I, I just think something needs to change and work environment is definitely one thing that can change. Absolutely. Absolutely. It gave me chills. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. Um, I suppose one of the thing that was, unless was there something else you wanted to say on what we were talking about? One other thing that sort of I want to make sure we say before we finish is that um, I think it also needs to be normalised 
you've talked about this before, Robbie, going outside, going outside, spending time walking around the car park, around the block, without it being like frowned upon, without it being something, you know, in the UK, you know, it's okay to go out for a cigarette if you you smoke. I mean, you know, who who still smokes these days? Quite a lot of people do. Okay. Going out for a cigarette. But if you don't smoke, it's like, well, what are you doing outside? You don't smoke. Outside, you don't smoke. Yeah, but I I, I need to go outside and have a walk around the block. I need a break. Yeah. Those people are going outside for a smoke for a reason. I need to come outside for a, probably a very similar reason. I'm just not going to smoke. I need some to change the energy, to change the frequency of what's going on inside. I need to clear my mind. I need to go out and think about this problem. I need to I need to go outside for so many reasons. Let's normalize it. Let's do it. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Let's normalize going outside. Let's also normalize actually taking lunch. (laughs) A lunch break. Rather than sitting, eating your lunch at your desk over your work as you're doing it. That was absolutely the environment I came from. And it was the expectation. And when you did anything different than that, you got some side eye. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, well, I guess she's not working very hard. And it's like, it's my lunch break. (laughs) You know, breaks are very important. For our brains. I mean, I talked about, you know, having periods of in, uninterrupted time helpful for our brain. Breaks. Yes. Very helpful for our breaks. And like you were talking about, changing the energy, moving yeah. our bodies, you know, all of that is yeah. really helpful for our brains and, and our I'm well-being. Sure there are studies that show that actually taking a break, you're much more productive when you come back than if you yes. work through. Yes. You start getting diminishing returns after a certain amount of, yeah. of time, you know, and so... I mean, I really feel for people who are working really, really, really long days, you know. But honestly, like, you just get diminishing returns. It's not healthy overall. You're not getting to rest, and you're not actually getting as much output as you think. No. I mean, I have regularly done 12, 13-hour days without, like, early, late, no lunch. And um, a while ago, not not recently, um, And thinking I was doing the right thing and thinking uh, it was the only way to get through the work. And I now know it would have been much better for me not to have had a, maybe come in early, have a lunch break, and maybe not go home late and come back refreshed the next day. I I now know that that would have been much better. Um, But actually what was going on in my head was I've got to keep going. I've got to be seen to be doing the work. Um, I can't be behind. It's okay to be behind if I am seen to be here lots of hours, whereas if I'm behind, but I'm going home at a reasonable hour, that is going to look bad. A hundred percent. Yes. I mean, that's very much in the work ethos. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think we need to start changing that stuff. It's just like how, because if we are healthy humans, we're going to be doing better work. It's just full stop. We just are. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, this might sound a bit radical, but we are entitled mm. to have a job that we enjoy going to where our employers, you know, don't treat us badly. OK, let's say that where we we don't have a really tough day and we get to go home in good shape and spend time with whoever we want to spend in the evening or at the weekends and just have a rich and joyful life of which yeah. part is work. We are entitled to that, and many of us don't have that. And I just think we we need a shift. I'm getting on my yes. hobby horse a little bit here, but um, I'm up there with you. Yes. <laughs> um, 
And yes, we started off and we, we are talking about HSPs in the workplace, but we're also talking about everybody in the workplace. Um, because then that's good for everybody, including the HSPs. That's right. Yeah. And I just, I want to say again, you know, we're human beings. Mm. We're not robots. Yep. And humans are whole humans. They have lives outside of work, like you were talking about. And um, yeah, I, I, I love what you said because I, as you were saying it, I was just like, it really struck me how much it is part of the expectation that work is hard and exhausting. Yes. Like, it's just like, oh, that's, it's like, oh well, yeah, well, that's work, you know? How is work? Ugh. How is work? Ugh. Like, and just how normalized that is. Yeah. Like, it's so in our cultures. And it's just like, it doesn't have to be like that. Well, we, I don't know about you. No, it doesn't. And I don't know about you. I mean, since I um, have a different, uh, you know, career now, mm -hmm. and I guess I'm still doing the, the, the law work as well, a bit of, um, and now I work for really lovely people, which makes such a difference. And, right. you know, not a week doesn't go by where, you know, somebody says to me, oh, God, you know, thank goodness you're here or you're really helping us or or just yeah. just something like that. I'm like, wow. I mean, that is like mega mind blowing to me. <laughs> and also in my own business now, I have to really stop this it has to be hard. It has to be a grind. I have to be work, 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 work at it. Yes. Um, the idea that I can do work, that I enjoy, that yes. I um, have fun, that doesn't leave me absolutely shattered by the end of the day. That The idea that I can do those things and call it work mm -hmm. is like, wow, this mm -hmm. is like a whole new world. It totally is. I completely relate to that. It's yeah. almost like I catch myself sometimes thinking like that all those things I did didn't count because I had such a great time, you know, like recording the podcast. Like this is part of our work right now that we're yeah. doing. And, but it doesn't feel like what work used to feel like for me. Exactly. And so sometimes I'll come to the end of the week and I'll be like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and it's just like, oh wait, yes, actually I did a lot. I just loved it all. And that's the, I, uh, let me say there are parts of my job that are still challenging and hard. So I'm not trying to Pollyanny the whole thing. But to your point of that mind shift change, it's like, oh, yeah, I get to count these fun things as work. Yes. And isn't, I mean, wow, what a better way to be able to experience working. Yes. I want that for everybody. I want, I, I want, I want that. that for everybody. Yeah, me too. And and you're absolutely right. I don't want you to give anybody the impression that all, all my days are happy and, and joyful and there's no bad days and there's no hard bits. Because yeah. you know, we're there, still humans. We are still <laughs> humans. You're absolutely right. And some days are really rubbish. Um, yeah. But, you know, there aren't that many of those days anymore, right. whereas nearly all of them were pretty rubbish at one point. So, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, um, I, I, here we go. We started recording this. I don't know how many minutes ago and we didn't really know quite what we'd have to say. And I've, we've had a lot to yep. say, um, as I think we knew we would, I mean, this very much 
talking about systems and structures that we work in and how they do or don't work and largely don't work and the changes we would like to see really lights us up. So it's not been a surprise that this actual episode has been um, not hard to record. It hasn't been difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, anybody who's listening, what did any of this resonate with you? Would any of this work for you? Would any of this is have anything... Is there anything that we've said that you think, oh, yeah, I'd really like to see if I can get that for me at my work? Um, you know, give it give it a go. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'd love to hear if we've, you know, put that idea in your head. Um, we really would. Um, is there anything? And I'd, I'd also yeah. love to hear from people like other things that we haven't mentioned. Like, yeah. what have you done to make work work for you? Because let's keep sharing that with each other and normalizing it in workplaces and like, let's just keep elevating this conversation so that when a brave one of us does go to our boss and say, hey, you know, can we do X, Y, and Z? It's it's an easier conversation because now it's more in the mainstream. Like that's how we help do that is just by continuing to talk about it. And yeah. Absolutely. So, you you know, you can leave us a comment um, on the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave, you can send us a message um, by clicking in the show notes. Um, there's a space to do that on Spotify. You can come and find me on LinkedIn and send us a message. You can send us an email. You can get in touch with either of us through our websites. All those contact details will be in the show notes. So please let us know. Like Robbie says, we'd love to know what you've done, what you've tried what works for you um, so that we can carry on sharing that um, for the people who are listening. That would be marvellous. And, you know, any stories of what you've what you've um, achieved to uh, as improvements for you so we can share those to inspire others to have a go. Absolutely. We'd love to hear that. Yeah, we really yes. would. I'm sure when we stop playing, we, we, we stop recording, we'll think of lots of other things we should have said. But I think for now, that's probably it for today. Do you think so? I do. I do. And so for today, it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. Thanks for listening to HSB Connection. If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love you to hit the follow or subscribe button as this helps other people find us. And it also means you won't miss an episode. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast and share it with anyone you think might be interested. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave us a review. To get in touch with us, you can email us at hspconnectionpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you with your thoughts and comments on the episodes, as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. We are both HSP coaches and speakers. And to find out more about Robbie, go to robbieleigh.com. And to find out more about Philippa, go to boldhsp.com. See you next time.